All right, today's episode, well, every episode, is sponsored by our show host, Bison Energy Drinks and Media by Bison. Big shout out to those guys. Thank you for everything they do. Use our use our code Dale Not Dale to get ten percent off your uh, order. Look for the link in our bio, and also on Instagram and YouTube. Follow that link. Get your discount. Get your Bison Energy Drinks and become a badass. A wired up badass. Exactly. Our show episode sponsor is sponsored by the Remarkable Homes team, which is Brian, our friend Brian Crawford, powered by Keller Williams, which I think I made that part up. It is Keller Williams, but that's a good slogan. Um, you know, we've we've teamed up with him, and we're really excited to uh, get the growth going with him and um, reach out to help people move. Yeah, we're excited for some referrals just so we can go crash some housewarming parties. Yeah, in tent in their backyard. And so Brian and his team will help you with anything across the United States, buying a new home. He can help. And if he helps you with our referral, it helps us. So help us. Help you. Help us help you. It's our new slogan. <laughs> this is a helpline. It's a helpline. <laughs> So, uh, well, we got a fun episode today, Vaughn. We do. We do. We have uh, an early 2000s pop culture phenomenon. Before you reveal it, though, I was going to, I was saying, I was thinking to myself, we forgot something. What's that? Oh, we're back. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> he got us. <laughs> You're sneaky, dude. Dude, I tell you. So, today, uh, we have Mr. Jason Waller on. And uh, for some of you may know, he was on Laguna Beach. He was on the hills. And uh, he's had his bout with uh, addiction, mental health, and he's overcame that. Wife, couple kids. Seemed like his life's going great. Full recovery. An advocate for mental health and addictions. Addiction, addiction sobriety. So uh, we're excited to have him on one to talk about. I mean, there's going to be some definitely some serious talk because uh, – you know, just about what he's been through and what his life is no joke. You know, we need, we'll, we'll be talking about that. There will be some lightheartedness, I would bet. We're going to talk about Laguna Beach in the Hills. There's not much, you know, there wasn't that serious there. Mm-mm. Did you watch that show? Oh, yeah. I loved it. I did too. I, I recently started watching it again on this app. And so I started watching Laguna Beach from the very beginning. And then I started watching the Hills again from the very beginning because just to, just to kind of see some of, uh, Jason in action again. Yeah. It's been so, I mean, it's been since early 2000s. I've watched right. it. So watching that again, it's just a bunch of memories. Uh, and you realize how cheesy it was. And so we'll talk, cheesy. we'll talk about his hairstyle and his clothing that we all were victim of. Yeah. Vaughn probably modeled some of the clothing he wore. I guarantee it. He had a Von Dutch hat, I think, at one time. I, my dad owned it. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we're, we're excited, man. Crystal initially reached out to him on social media. Uh, about being on our podcast, letting her know her, her husband and her friend, Vaughn, have a, have a podcast. He's like, yeah, let me know about it. I guess he checked it out, and uh, I guess he didn't have too good a judgment. He just said yes. Yeah. So I hit him up. Me and him have been talking on Instagram, and uh, he agreed to do this, and this finally got to the date of doing it, and so we're excited. I know when I told Vaughn we were going to get him on, you were you were excited. I was. Well, still am. I mean, I'm, I am I can't wait. Yep. So uh, it's pretty cool. Uh so we're going to find out about his life now, what he's doing, where he's living. Uh, just try to find out everything about him and try to see, uh, you know, dive into the crazy life he's had. And, you know, somebody listening and maybe able to help or, you know, there may be things that he's doing or talking about that can touch somebody. I, I don't know, you know. Yeah. So we're going to dive into this. Uh, you have anything else you want to say? No, I think that's it. I'm excited about the episode. Can't wait. Yep. It's one of those things that, you know, you watched as a as a child or younger, and I always thought it was make believe. Well, but he's real. He's real. Yeah, but the show is probably a lot of made of. Probably, I, I've been listening to the podcast that uh, Lauren and Stephen, not Lauren, Kristen and Stephen have mm-hmm. back to the beach, and they like watch all the episodes of Going to Beach, and they talk about each episode. Yeah, and they really talk about how made up the show is, and they're putting a you know, but. What do you expect? They're a bunch of teenagers. Right. With, uh, 
I don't know. I couldn't imagine. I would. I wish they came to my high school. I would have loved Dude, it. Every bit of it. it. Every bit of it. So, uh, me and Vaughn trying to get a reality show ourselves. So. To be yeah. To be quite honest, that's what we're trying to do. We'll be high schoolers. We're gonna like Twenty One Jump Street. We'll go back. Oh, absolutely. I think. I think that'd be perfect. And I could fit right in. We could both fit right in. Dude, I know all ma- the sayings. The maturity level hadn't gone anywhere from. I high could school. say bussing. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah. Dude, that's bussing. That's bussing. Okay. I didn't know that was a thing. That's a thing. I've heard it before, but. Yeah, dude. That outfit got there's drippy. Is it? Yeah. Are you capping? No, no cap. No cap. Oh, dude. No cap, bro. I was good on the fly. Dude, that was. That was good. We're like teenagers. Yeah, we are. Witty and whimsical. Yep. So, uh, you know, without further ado, let's get this episode started. See? What's up, dude? How's it going, man? Good, good, man. You're pretty, bro. I don't know about that. You are. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I should say thanks or... uh, (laughs) uh, Oh, it gets... Show's good, guys. It gets gets weird on the Dale Not Dale podcast. Don't worry. (laughs) Oh, man. What did I sign myself up for? Yeah, no kidding, man. Hey, I guess first... Uh, dude, we've been a fan for a long time. My wife was like, she reached out to you first. She was, uh, she was all excited and you responded to her and, uh, you know, she was all freaking out and it's just funny because she asked me why I talked to like people that message us. I'm like, well, same way you felt about Jason responding to you. It's the same kind of deal. You know, we, people watch us from the show we're on and it's, you know, it's one of those things, but you know, it just shows you're a normal dude, man. We appreciate it. No, dude, I have this, that's part of the process and, you know, congrats on all the success you guys have had on, on your shows. And, um, no, dude, I mean, you know, I, by turning down opportunities, it's, it's no, it's not what's got me to where I'm at. And so I think it's, it's, that's, (laughs) I look, I don't think I'm anything special and, uh, you know, I just, I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here. Yeah. Well, she's big. She wanted to be here, but she's going to a Lizzo concert. So apparently you're not as popular as Lizzo. So I'm sorry, man. Jeez. (laughs) We're going to have to have a conversation about that one. (laughs) (laughs) Hurts my feelings. Uh, no kidding, man. I was like, dude, we got Jason on. So, uh, but no, she's like, man, make sure you tell Jason I'm a big fan. So she she follows your wife and everything as well. So she she keeps up with you guys. Trust me. I love it, man. Well, like I said, stoked to be here, man. Excited for it. Well, well, good, man. So I, you know, I don't know if Vaughn knows much of you know. I don't know if Vaughn was into the. Did you watch the Hills? Oh, I was a big big fan. Yeah, so I told him we were going to get you on. He was excited. Uh, I don't know how much he knew about you. You know, I watched it all the time, my wife. But, uh, you know, I was just doing a little research. And, uh, dude, I don't know how many people watched this movie, but I watched Two two Dudes, One Dream just for you the other day. God, dude. Did you really? Did you really? Hey, so I got this app, this Plex app, and it's got like every movie. So I was like, I'm going to look and see. And it was on there. And so I watched it because uh, I remember when I started rewatching The Hills, and I was, I was like, "Oh, that's your boys from back in the day on the show." Yeah, Jordan and Brian. And, and then, and then I seen your acting debut as uh, the guy looking at the at the portfolio, the guy that was the, trying to be an actor or model, the gay agent, bro. <laughs> yeah. God, gay agent. The, the gay agent. That that is so <laughs> funny, dude. That was. With, well, that was with like Milanakis and Jason Mewes and Brian. Yeah, dude, and- I know you. Y'all had a heck of a ca- Simon Rex, oh Dirt Nasty. Yeah. I was uh, I was I was impressed with. I mean, that was you know that was that LA scene back then. That was where all the guys were. That was the old coming womp, up, that was but the uh, Whomping Crew, dude. That was those were the blackout days. I about <laughs> to say, I'm sure those were some wild days with that crew, dude. It was Dirt Nasty was. Go, go ahead. No, I mean those days were. I mean, there was literally a blur. In my life, um, when I was eighteen to twenty-three, and I was right in the heart of it, uh, it was yeah. just—it well, was crazy. That probably seems like a lifetime ago. It does. I mean, and it's—it's it's crazy because now, obviously, being you know sober and and doing what I do now, it's—I'll have spurts of memory of the things that I haven't remembered in fifteen years that will come back, and I'm just like, whoa, 
Um, it's, oh, it's, it's crazy. It, it really is. And that was just a, that was a, that was right before social media. And I mean, that there was no streaming really. I mean, that was kind of still like, that was the last era of that time where it was, you know, the, the that's scene. when you and LC had your, uh, T-Mobile sidekicks texting on there. The, 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 the sidekicks. God. Still a great, still a great phone. It is. It was ahead of his time. Hell I'll yeah. never forget when I got that thing, you know, back then MTV, it's, you know, this is all so new for us. And they sent us those, uh, like the, it wasn't like a care package, but it was just like a thank you thing. And we all got our sidekicks and it was like where the, the whole cast is just walking around the school with their sidekicks. Like everybody's like, <laughs> what the hell? But it was, yeah. Oh. Anyways. Yeah, well, so for those of you who don't know, we got Jason Waller on. Uh, started off in Laguna Beach, then the hills, and then since then, man, you, you know, you've had a crazy story, dude. I, I've we've seen it, we've seen it unfold, you know, just because you're a part of the spotlight at an early age, and uh, you know, and we've seen what you've come from, and got sober. Now you got a beautiful family, man. I see your wife Ashley. You got two kids now. Yes. Uh So, man, it's 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 cool that what you've came through and. I guess you what you rose rose from because uh dude I'm sure that LA scene was rough to tough to get out of. No, it really was, you know, but you know, it's it's crazy looking back. I mean, yeah, from the ages of 18 to 23, you know, I went to 12 different treatment centers uh from Florida to Hawaii, every state and in, in, in between. You know, I got arrested a bunch of times and um it was a very deep dark place and it didn't help you know going through a very public battle with addiction that you know that that didn't uh help the situation but i'm i'm grateful for what i went through you know and and honestly there's a lot of things i wish i didn't do but it landed me in a spot that i am today because it's allotted me the opportunity to show that you can come out on the other end and you know this day and age you know the number one cause of death for 50 year old individuals, uh, and younger in America is, is substance abuse. You know, I mean, you look at suicide, you look at all these different things and it's something that needs to be talked about. And especially since there, there is a way out today. And so again, as by the grace of God and being able to utilize the platform that's been given to me, it's, it's, it's come full circle. Well, I bet that in the, in the fit and all stuff they talk about, I mean, it seems like it's crazy nowadays, man. Like, you know, it, it was not like when we grew up, not saying it was good. You know, we did a lot of dumb stuff. Trust me, we did too. Uh, we weren't in the spotlight then, you know, so it makes a big difference, you know. Well, back then when we were experimenting, we weren't worried about taking one thing and then being dead, you know, <laughs> 10 minutes later. It's like prior to, just to give you a little like insight, just prior to the pandemic, um, the statistic was somebody was dying every 11 minutes from uh, an opiate overdose. And then current yeah. to date, it's every 90 seconds. And so it's, it's sad, man. It's scary. And, um, it's just, it's, it, we have the, it's, it's not even an epidemic anymore, dude. It's like, we're dealing with like a massacre. When you look at how many people are dying from this stuff, it's, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. And it's, it's scary. It's sad. I mean, we have kids, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's also looking at what this environment's going to be like now. And and even just the years ahead, you know, the average age of first time use is 11 years old. And that's the average age. Yeah. That's not, you know, that's, that's what well, it's, it's nuts. That's just crazy. I've got a 12 year old daughter. He's got a, your boy's 11, right? 11, about he's, to be 12. He's got an 11 year old boy and I got a, about to be 10 year old son. So dude, that's like right there. And I know how young I was doing things. You know, I did, I had a seven brother, seven years older than me. And so I experienced and did things a lot earlier than what I should have. Right. Uh, and it's, you know, and it's and even nowadays, everything's so accessible and kids are way more advanced, so it's like even more than what we imagined, you know, what we went through. Well, yeah, I mean, even marijuana, right? Like when, when you know, smoking yep. it 15, 20 years ago, I mean, the THC content was, you know, 5 7% at max probably. And in this day and age, I mean, the, the potency of the THC is so high that your body cannot metabolize it or synthesize it. And that's why you get these kids now. We're literally seeing them go into epilepsy from THC and do psychosis and yeah. – um, it's in where people think it's this harmless, this harmless drug where it's not anymore. You know what I mean? And, and how people are, are consuming it, it's, it's causing all sorts of effects. And again, I'm not this straight edge person. Like I'm all, my wife's a normie. She drinks, she enjoys yeah. herself. It's just, but it's, it's more of, it's, it's being aware of, of what we're really facing today. Cause it's not what it was when we were growing up. And unfortunately a lot of parents just aren't privy and, and understand that because they're still stuck in those, you know, the old ways of what they think that we were having. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I know. I'm sure, uh, 
I don't know. It's just, it's crazy, man. It's crazier, you know, even like you now and me and Vaughn, we're, we're both parents. And so you, you, you think about the dumb stuff we did and you're like, man, I can't, it seemed like we had no supervision too. Even, I mean, our parents cared for us, but they, we, they did a lot of stuff our parents didn't know. But I told my daughter now, I was like, you're not going to get away with much because we're not, we're more uh, privy to what's going on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we grew up still in the digital age, so we're not a uh, we're not morons, you know. We don't just we're not just numb to it or don't believe it. I mean, we our parents can't track us. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> you know, we we had a we had a lot more freedom back then too, man. You know, and that's it's a double edged sword in the world we live in today. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um. <clears throat> so one of the things, and we're gonna we're gonna hop kind of back on the subject later on. But one of the things that I was. Uh, looking at is so you had a podcast of your own uh let the journey begin Mm -hmm. with with hillary roberts so how did how did that come about where did where did that go what's yeah no so basically the the red songbird foundation which is a 501c3 which the you know primary purpose was to create the most safe and trusted environment for uh people to come when they're struggling with substance abuse and or mental health um that is still around that is still in in motion uh, but we did kind of, I want to say what, uh, over, it was over, I want to say almost two years of, of podcasting and doing that. And it, oh, was, wow. it was great. It was fun. Um, we, we enjoyed the process, but unfortunately just got pulled in too many different directions. Uh, and that was really just more of an outlet for people to kind of come and be able to hear relatable stories that they could connect with really identifying and hearing the backstory of people. Uh, and then having it transition to what they're, you know, again, struggling with mental health and or addiction, what was their backstory, understanding where they came from, because it's not, you know, people have this, this, this notion that, you know, it's the the homeless person underneath the bridge where, you know, you have valedictorians, you have, you know, star athletes, you have all these different walks of life that go through it. And so we're wanting to paint that picture of it can happen to anybody and showing the, the back, the middle and, you know, the, the, the current situation. So we enjoy doing it. And again, that was it, to support those that are struggling with mental health and addiction. And it was, it's directly associated with uh, one of the nonprofits that I work with. Awesome. Yeah. Good deal. Um, yeah. I was just one of the, one of the things that was brought up. I thought, you know, I, I and we're going to get into it again to, like I said, about kind of journey that I'm on and kind of comparing it, you know, open, we're going to open forum that one. And, um, we'll get to that later on here in the podcast. Yeah. Not so that, sure. that, that red Somberg foundation, uh, I did a little research on it. Just something that, uh, I know you're heavily involved in. Is that still something you're doing? You, you're still doing quite a bit. I know you raised a lot of money recently yeah. that I've seen. And so it seems like you're, you're head in. I'm sure that's probably a big help for your sobriety as well. I guess keeping you busy and working towards helping others. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. Being, I mean, being of service and that's that, that foundation, uh, since 2019 has given, uh, over $2 million in treatment scholarships for people that don't have the means to get the help that they need. And so, uh, the primary function of that, like I said, is the education prevention, uh, town halls, lunch and learn seminars, and then, and then scholarships. And so, yeah, I mean, dude, it's like I went through all the places that I did, and I was fortunate to have the resources and, and the backing from the family and, and different things to get to get help. And there's a lot of people out there that don't have that, um, let alone even just being able to get into any type of facility. And so it's just a big missing gap uh, to try to to try to help those that are suffering. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the thing is, you know, you either have somebody directly re- related in your family or a family member or a friend that goes through that. I have a family member that a couple that's, uh, man, they're still going through this and they're, man, they're mid forties, you know? Uh, and it's, it's tough, you know, cause you see this in front of you. I, you know, I saw it at a young age where I was like, okay, luckily for me, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. And I, I was able to point that out early and like, okay, I know what I don't want to do. And, uh, you know, for some others, some others, they follow that instead of doing that. Luckily I was, I chose the other path, but, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't know what you would say to people that are still struggling with that. What, uh, what steps to take or what would be the best advice being that, you know, you came from that, you know, what, what would you recommend? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, uh, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and again, as I think this affects and, uh, all people, right? I mean, half my family struggles with mental health and or addiction. And, um, yeah. 
you know, what I say is people are not alone, uh, you know, in this process and, and there, there is help, um, you know, and, and honestly, you don't have to ever feel like this again if by picking up that phone and, and taking guidance and direction and surrendering, right? I mean, the biggest thing for me and my sobriety that actually got me into recovery was being open and honest, fully surrendering, you know, admitting that I was powerless over this um, and being in a place of, of willingness to take direction because the best of my decision making wasn't working anymore. And I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, um, but there is a way out, you know, there, there is a way out and people, especially when you're active in addiction, it's very hard to see, you know, to see on the other side, to see that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but there is. And so again, as you're not alone and reach out, that's, that's like the, the two first things I would recommend. Yeah. yeah. One of the coolest things I've seen or you, you hear about is, uh, you know, kids these days, you know, dare we had dare when we were a kid, but nobody took dare. I mean, dare wasn't one of those things where you're like, oh man. But now it's actually it. it kids are taking more of a stance. It's cool to be sober. It's cool to not be drinking and having sex at early age. And so it's just it's cool to see that the kids are doing that. There's a lot more like in my area. There's a you know we go we go to church on Sundays and there's a big explosion of like the youth groups there and things like that. You know, so it seems like things are a lot different from when we were younger. Because that wasn't the cool right. thing to do. Now that kind of is. I mean, thankfully, hopefully, like you know, you, you want your kids to be a part of that instead of the other, the other side of well, it. So just, I think there's a lot of it that's changed, which is for the better. Yeah, no, there is for sure, and I think it's again just coming down to the the education around it. I mean, if you know, I'd be curious to hear if you guys have ever heard of this, but you know, if you don't drink or use. Uh, by the age of 21, you have a 90% chance of never struggling with addiction. And it's like, oh wow! I, I'd be curious if you guys have heard of that. But I mean, it's like, this no, is parents, right? You know, and it's like, everybody should know that. I mean, especially if we're pre-genetically disposed, my kids have a 50% chance of having addiction just based on a ge- genealogy, you know? And I mean, they're, they're right. pre-genetically disposed to this. And so, yeah, growing up, I was like, I'm going to be the fun dad. Everything's going to be cool. That whole perspective <laughs> has changed. And yeah, in my power, and, and again, it's, it's everybody's different with this. It's a very tough, touchy subject of how you're going to approach your kids and, you know, when's the right time to bring it up to have conversation around this. But I can tell you, I'm going to be a lot more transparent, open and honest and have a lot more stringent boundaries on, you know, using just, just for their own development. And for, again, it's, and it's, it's not the same when we were younger. It's the, they can take yeah. something today and, and not be here tomorrow. Well, things were way more taboo when we were younger. Our parents didn't want to talk about this stuff, nor did they know how to talk about this stuff with us. I think I think that's a big part of it. We didn't have uh, the knowledge just of the did. education, dude. Yeah, we, that's that was well, that's the, what I'm we saying. Didn't have that. Yeah, right. And it wasn't an epidemic, or like you're saying, a, a it wasn't a biggest problem. It was probably in other areas of the country, but not in your little bubble. You know, it didn't affect your parents or them directly, so they didn't know. Uh, but now it's in your it's in your back your backyard, you know. Somebody's got that issues or. Drugs. Well, I think even the more that you can just identify it, though, right? It's like back then, it's like if you had you know alcoholism or you struggled with something, it was looked at as you know you're weak or uh, and it's just it's just the way that it was approached and, and looked at and and also people you know the baby boomer demographic, our parents, people that were older, it's kind of like you had to work to survive and they kind of just went through the motions of it and they didn't. It was you know bury your feelings and just that it is what it is. Um, yeah. you know, and I think there was a lot of people that were suffering in silence for, for a long, long time. And I think again, is, uh, today, you know, you can even just, it's, it's, there's a lot more knowledge and information out there to even just identify if you struggle with alcoholism, right? I mean, they didn't have that 25 years ago, you know, so versus today no. where you can yeah. really just answer a few questions and be like, okay, I probably need to look at that. <laughs> yeah. So we actually, um, uh, ironic that you're on, on this episode, last episode, we had a, um, actually it was two episodes ago. We had a kind of a, a deal and just to give you a kind of backstory for myself, I'm going on three years of no alcohol. Um, I, I don't have a, I, I don't have like a cool story to tell you why I cannot tell you what addiction disease is because I, I, I firmly do not, do not know. Um, but you know, one of the things that I've noticed within myself is, you know, and we spoke about this earlier, you know, alcoholism comes, as you said, for the most part before you're 21. So you have, you know, your, your, the child, you're growing up, you're, you're learning, and then you get to a point where alcohol becomes fun, 
right? And then you develop their lifestyle around fun. So alcoholism, you know, I, what I would say is does not happen overnight. It is something that kind of just evolves itself and then you become stuck. And then you don't know the sobriety part because it's been so long since you're not sober. I mean, it's like a, it's, it's a double-edged sword, I feel, for everybody. Uh, is kind of knowing where, you know, what stage are you in? When do I stop? Because drinking is, drink is fun. But ultimately, for me, I have, I can tell you now, I can look back and I can say, these are all the things that I missed that is going to impact me. And I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. And I can also not remember the things that were fun. I mean, they're, they're very few far in between. And, you know, you just kind of see a, an, an evolution of somebody in, in their brain. I mean, it's it's unreal. I, I I would never go back to drinking. I mean, it's, it's well, crazy. It's, you bring it up. I mean, like I always say a part of my story is drinking and using was fun. It became a lifestyle and then it became a way of yeah. survival. And I couldn't function without it. And so, yeah. I mean, that's, you, you hit the nail on the head, but I even, even to, to, to broaden the scope of, of this is not even like, Hey, are you an alcoholic or are you an addict? It's, Hey, is this, is this whatever it is, drugs, alcohol, sex, work, you know, anything is this is what you're doing and the sacrifices that you're making, is this adding or subtracting from the life that you have to live? And so yes. it, and you can be honest with yourself from that. Like, I mean, it doesn't take, you know, if you really just kind of break it down and just like, look, if you're questioning, like, man, I wish I didn't do that. You know, I, I feel like what happened last night, and, you know, all these different things are going, it's like, <laughs> it doesn't take a ton of knowledge to know if that you're, if you just say, man, is this adding to my life or is it taking away? And that comes to me now yeah. outside of, of alcohol, it comes with relationships. It comes with, with work. It comes with, you know, just who I surround myself with. Um, are these people adding or subtracting from, from what I'm wanting my life to look like? And, and, and that's, yeah. that's, I think it's even just normalizing it now. And that's, that's just the work that I've done in my life. I've taken a lot of the core principles of how I've sustained sobriety and live a life in recovery to, to attribute that to just my daily living. And so it's yeah, just a better way absolutely. of life. Yeah. Well, like I say, for me, uh, we talked about this too, but I, I didn't see it growing up. My mom never drank. My dad, I've, I've rarely seen my dad. Like I said, he'd have a six pack of beer last a year in his house. I mean, so I didn't experience that. I didn't drink really in high school. I didn't care to. I had just as much fun. I was always the, the fun guy, but I didn't have to drink to have fun. And so, uh, you know, luckily for me, that worked. I had a brother. Like I said, I have a brother that went the other way and we came from the same family. So, you know, from a part of that also goes with, you know, the crews you run with. There's, there's a lot of things and uh you get introduced to the wrong thing at the right time. Yeah. It could change the course of your life, you know? Well, and that's like going back to your just the original question that you're saying about like of the impact and how it, it draws out over the course of time is you can have that pre pre genetic disposition, you can have the environmental things, you can have traumas, you can have different things that can correlate and create, you know, the addiction. And I look back over the course of my life, I can see that I struggled with alcoholism way before I ever picked up a drink or a drug now. And, you know, at, yeah. at 12, 13 years old, having severe OCD and, you know, obsessive compulsive to the point where I'd wash my hands till they'd bleed. And, you know, at 13 years old, I'd have to have my hands and neoprene yeah. gloves with neosporin because they were cracking. And then I'd go and back into school and pretend I was, you know, it was Mr. Cool and everything was good. And, you know, but I was living this double life at 12 or 13. How do you process that? My parents, I was seeing psychologists, I was seeing therapists. I didn't know how to, wow. even just then, I didn't know how to voice that. I didn't know how to explain what the hell I was experiencing. Yeah. And so that then led into other things, which was depression, anxiety. And so like 14 or 15, I, I find alcohol and I'm like, oh shit, there's shit. There's a, here's the golden pill. You know, this is what I've needed the yeah. whole time. It takes away all <laughs> those feelings. I don't have insecurities anymore. And then it came an identity for me. Yeah. I And that was kind of something we touched upon um, last couple episodes ago too, is, you know, what I noticed for people who are alcoholics who have, who are literally in the, in the wanting to get better realm is that most of them, and I'm not saying all, but most of them have anxiety issues. And, you know, a lot, a lot of people have talked to me about, you know, Hey, how do you stop? How do you do this? How do you do that? And one of the things I try to explain to them is I am, you know, I have generalized anxiety disorder. I've had it my whole life. I've always been amped up in, in alcohol. The reason why it worked for me is because it worked better than anything else until it didn't. 
And that is what people, it's hard for people to understand that there is no pill. There is no, you know, there is no quick fix. There is a, there's, you know, you basically have to say, this is it. I, I have to move on with my life, do something different and get away from the fact, knowing that when I have an anxiety attack, if I get drunk, I'm not going to be anxious because yeah. it doesn't happen like that sober. You got to learn how to live a lifestyle that way. No, it's, and that's, it's you know, that, so true. It's, it's so true. I mean, you bring up a, a lot of, a lot of valid points, but it also can be, it can be very complex. Uh, you know, and, and again, is it's, is you're, I'd be curious. I mean, let me ask you a question is, is did one day you just said, I'm done. I did. Yep. One day and in then, the middle of having a panic attack. And that's, and that's yep. amazing. And then like, again, that's incredible. Yeah, I don't happen like that. With it, a lot of people. It's, it's one in a million. It's one in a million. Almost anybody. Uh, you know, I mean, right. again, is it, 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 it does obviously you're that part, but I'd say for the large majority, it is such a multifaceted and such a cunning, baffling and powerful disease. Like for me, when I'm in active addiction, the only way I'm stopping is if you, you, uh, you threaten me with, uh, an intervention that of certain things that are going to be taken and or lost You're I'm either incarcerated yep. or I'm in the hospital. And so yep. it's, I mean, I'd be sitting there towards the end where I'm drinking, literally having tears run down my eyes saying, I don't want to be doing this anymore. And it, to an average person, they'd say, well, fucking just stop, put it down. And it's like, right. You, yeah. you don't understand. It's not that easy. It's a survival <laughs> gene. And the way I explain this to people is when I'm in active addiction to get, to give people a better understanding is because look, addiction doesn't dictate who I am, but it also doesn't justify my actions. But when I'm in that state, it's like a survival gene. And the way for somebody that does not struggle with alcoholism or addiction Think of when you were working out when you I always like to go back when you're a kid and you're on the soccer field and you're running so hard back and forth back and you're dying for thirst. You don't want to hear anything from anybody. All you could care for is either getting that drink of water or those that orange in your mouth. And that's just like where your thought process is. That's what it is towards your drink or your drug. And there's nothing that's going to stop it. And that's when you're in that state yeah. and that active addiction, it's very, very hard to break that cycle. And that's where oftentimes you have to have you have something to, to disrupt it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's funny how there's many stories. It's crazy how it, everybody's you know it's it, different for everybody, but it's it such the same a lot of times too. I mean, it's just you know it, everybody has a common denominator of what it is. Well, like I said, either you experienced it, or you got people that experienced it close to you, yeah. or you know a family member or whatever. I mean, it's 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 you know no family is immune from it, or no person's immune from it. I mean, like I said, it's going to touch something in your life some way. It just it's sadly it is a hundred percent. What has been the biggest benefit by you stopping? I mean, like what is you know clarity? I, I mean, I could go on for hours of what it is. It's it's way way too many things, but clarity. Um, I find that you know it it did not solve anxiety issues, but it has suppressed them to the point where I can be functional. Um, I, I, I have a better onset of tomorrow. I have became a better father, a better husband, a better friend. I focused more on me. Um, and one, you know, one, I'm glad you asked that. One of the things I notice with people who struggle with alcohol or, or use it to excess is they are all people pleasers. All of them want to be a part of, of, they don't want to say no to somebody. If somebody's having a party or a get together, oh yeah, we'll be there, we'll be there. And they overcommit, 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 and don't commit to themselves. And I've noticed that I cannot tell you if I get invited to 10 different functions, I'm going to say yes to one or two. And it's not because I don't want to be there. It's just because I'm going to put myself first to make sure myself and my family put myself, you know, to the forefront to make sure that we don't have any good thing going on. It's something that's extremely important in our lives. And then I'm going to commit to other things and not reverse the two, which is what I did. I mean, that's, it's exactly what I did. Super I committed exciting. to my friends before I committed to my family. hundred percent. So I love that. That's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I mean, like I said, we, so just a little backstory, me and Vaughn, we met through some mutual friends. People said, Hey man, y'all look alike. And so it was one of those things where this, this is how this all came about. I met him, Right at the point where he stopped drinking, so I didn't even know. I didn't know drunk Vaughn, or not say drunk Vaughn. I, I didn't know the the Vaughn that I didn't know the Vaughn that uh, I was a riot. I didn't know the Vaughn that drank, <laughs> yeah. you know. And uh, and for me, like, yeah, hey, I like to have a good time. I'll, I'll have drinks here and there, but uh, I, I got a question here. I'll lead into that. I mean, but for me, I, I work out, do CrossFit. Uh, I'm 39 years old, dude. I'm not getting any younger, so. 
for me, like I had a nutritionist for a while and like for me drinking just, just to drink, I'm like, well, it leads to bad eating. It leads to a lot of things for me. That's more so what keeps me is more almost for health vanity body issue, you know body issue things like yeah. that that's what more drives me now as i've gotten older and i could go without it doesn't it, it doesn't matter but i do like to have a good time every once in a while yeah. you know so so i've seen your recent body transformation on ig so like i said what's what's been the biggest change from you i know you said you dropped uh 20 pounds, damn, 20 pounds almost yeah. huh uh dude, I, it was one of those things where honestly my wife was actually very motivating uh she was waking up every day at 4.30 in the morning, literally, and, and, and going to a boot camp. Uh, and because she was kind of at this place where we were, look, we've been, we were super busy. We moved, you know, just our own physical health. Uh, you know, our mental health was, was pretty good, but trying to manage all that stuff, but, you know, just kind of let that go by the wayside. And you move out to the South, it's very easy to overindulge and get into some, get into some good food out here. And, um, but her motivation kind of kicked me in, into gear and, and made me check. And I was just like, look, like I don't, and I going back to feeling right, dude. I mean, this, this, it wasn't like I was super overweight or anything like that, but I was not content. I was not comfortable. Sleep was bad, you know, yep. energy, motivation, mood, and your, 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 your gut health is directly correlated with your brain health. And, and it's just, it's, it was amazing how this, even the first month, this with diet and just changing. I mean, my biggest thing is I loved to night eat. I was always eating ice cream. I always have, you know, some type of sugar craving. Um, and I'd always do that. And I, I basically trained myself to make sure that I never eat after eight o'clock. So I'm able to have kind of whatever I want in the morning, whether I want pancakes, I want eggs, whatever. But then as the day goes on, I get a, a lot more strict with my diet. Uh, whereas it used to be the reverse of that. I'd be super stringent in the morning and stuff. And but then I just started, yeah. and then I started, I started going to, to the gym three or four times a week. And then I also incorporated Pilates, which everybody laughs at. I actually had a herniated uh, <laughs> L, an L3 and an L4, which was, it was protruding onto my spine. And I was like, I'm not getting surgery. And Ugh. the doctor's like, hey, dude, your prescription, you're young enough. You can reverse this, go to Pilates. And so I went to that two years ago. I haven't had an issue, no sciatic pain, nothing after. And um, so I've just kept up with that and, and um, stopped for a for four or five months and then got back into that. And then, like I said, just it's become part of my routine. Um, you know, and I, I incorporated that, but it wasn't overnight where I was like, I'm going to the gym five days a week. I didn't set my expectations super high. I started changing with yeah. diet, you know, because people, that's the thing is also you set these expectations that are super high uh, and you haven't been doing it for months and months. And then you basically set yourself up for failure. And so for me, it was like, Hey, yeah, it, it happens a lot. And so I was just changing, changing. I started with no eating after eight, just said I'm getting back into Pilates a couple times a couple times a week, and then I went into the gym, got myself a membership again, and and then it's just I feel so much better. It's like routine, right? Consistency and structure create safety, and when I have that routine in place, it allows me the opportunity to be the best version of myself, and not from only a, a, a physical standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. And we all have kids, dude. It's it's that's the hardest job in the world. Dude, you ain't lying. <laughs> you ain't lying, bro. <laughs> It's very true. I've only got one to worry about, so it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, he he, he wasn't blessed with two kids like we were. Yeah. I think I was. Dude, I think my, I was just smarter. Hey man, my oldest my oldest is a girl. I know you have a girl and a boy as well, yeah. but my girl is twelve in seventh grade, and dude, I'm I'm in the middle of it, dude. It's uh, and it's only going to get worse yeah. because it's just, dude, the stuff. I, I, I we took her a phone the other day for some stuff, and then looking at her, I, like looking at these group chats, dude. The way these kids talk nowadays, I'm like. Wow, I can't even imagine. like nothing, nothing, nothing sexual. Thank God, but it's just like cuss words, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, there's a bunch of little girls. I'm like, dude, what are y'all doing? It's dude. it just blows my mind, you know. I'm still, I, 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 I'm, I'm still in the five year old phase where I'm like embracing. Yeah, yeah. I know it's gonna. She's dude. she's great right now. My son's a freaking terror. Uh, but, <laughs> dude, I, I'm not looking forward to the, the you know 11, 12, early teens. Not looking forward to it. Hey, so uh, I guess we're gonna kick back a little bit. So one thing I you talked about, you found alcohol in your in your teens, and then I saw so I seen one thing that you went to you went to boarding school, right? Is oh, that what I did. You, was that when you? So you, were you sent away? Yeah. Or did you go off? Or like, what, how'd that come yeah. about? So basically, in what was I? A sophomore in in high school, sophomore or junior year, I forget exactly. And uh, was was you know not getting the best grades was, you know, it was starting to really get consumed with alcohol. 
And it was more of a, a collective decision where I wasn't like, you know, kidnapped out of my house and then thrown into a, a place. Yeah. So I sat down with my parents and we were like, hey, you know, there's obviously some things going on. Like there's some constructive stuff. We've done some research. Like, you know, we want we want to recommend that you go to this wilderness program out in Provo, Utah, where you're like out in the woods for, you know, 30 days. You make your own backpack. You, you know, you carry your own food. You hike miles and you you do start your own fires and it was actually a really cool experience, which it was, well, it, it was supposed to, most people hate it. It's supposed to be a punitive thing where, you know, it was weird at 15, 16 years old being, you know, sent away to the middle of nowhere. Uh, and then I went for, to boarding school after that. And it only, I was able to manipulate my parents, you know, immediately after like I think three months, I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. This, like, <laughs> this, this sucks. <laughs> Bring me back. And I was able to get my way. And, and, um, you know, again, it was, it was a joint effort. Their intentions were, were good, but, my, I always tell this to people too is, you know, wherever there's an alcoholic or an addict, there's a codependent and they're just as sick, if not sicker. And my, oh, yeah. my parents were, they, they were loving me to death, uh, for, for a very long time. Again, and they, not, and not, not, in, not trying to intentionally hurt. They were just trying to do what they thought was yeah. best. And it actually was causing yeah. more harm. Oh, I bet. Like I said, so I've seen that. And then, uh, I mean, then from there, I seen you came back to, Laguna, I guess for the uh, for the show, like you came back and you got. Well, I came part of the. I uh, came back and I, I remember finding out in boarding school. I heard that you know, like I stayed in touch with friends and stuff, and they're like, "Hey, dude, you won't believe what's going on. MTV's coming to the to Laguna, and they're doing a TV show." And I was just like, "Okay, cool." I mean, you know, nobody had any idea, you know. Just like we're just yeah. like, "All right, cool." So I was friends with Talon, Kristen, and some of the other cast, and it shot. They did the first season. It came out and it did good and. Um, they came back and they're like, Hey, this, we're wanting to do another one. So they asked some of the current cast who is, you know, who'd be good for the show. And, um, my name got brought up. And when I gave my interview, they said, uh, you're perfect. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> uh, it, and the rest was, uh, was basically history. So I came back, I finished, I went to a continuation school, re- reinstated in Laguna Beach high school. And, um, yeah, dude, the rest was history. Yeah, dude, that was, uh, I mean, that was some fun times. That was, what years were that? That was uh, 2004, 2005. Okay, so I graduated in 01. Yeah. Uh, so I'm 39. So, yeah, we were we were watching that. I mean, like I said, me and Crystal, hell, me and Crystal were already dating in 2002. So, yeah, we were, we were watching that as a young couple. We've been together 20 years now. but That's amazing. As a young couple, watching these shows, uh, you know, we followed you guys' life. I mean, my wife's, oh, crap. My wife is a... Uh, She's still obsessed with all them people. Uh, she still follows everything, and it's you know it it is what it is. I I enjoyed it too. Don't get me wrong. I watched I watched all the reality shows. We watched you guys on there on the hills. We just recently started watching Laguna Beach and the Hills over again. Oh, no way. So, so I was watching some the other day of uh of you and your boys on there, and I was waiting for the episodes when you came on like a couple episodes in the season. Uh, one whenever you came back into the fold yeah, you know it's God, just funny bro. it's just funny man Bless your heart, the clothing man. and the, yeah, the hair the, the, clothing. the clothing and the hairstyle uh, <laughs> Dude, I, so I love brutal. it <laughs> so brutal uh, the bad thing is we all like we have just some pictures of this stuff that we wore back then but yours is like all over the oh, place. you can't get away from what you did <laughs> no dude I, I'm just, I, I, you know, I'm just grateful there wasn't social media back then. That would have been a whole no, uh, dude. No, wrecked. it could have been bad. It would have been ruined. Uh, but it was, it was bad. I mean, trust me, those photos will come up, and we'll do segments or stuff on anniversaries, and it'll be like, yeah, look at the ten year reunion of the show. It's like, no, dude, let's not bring that out. The, the, the chin strap, yeah. the, the porcupine hair, and oh, oh dude. It was awesome. You live and you learn. I think you bring you it. Live and you learn. Bring it back, bro. Dude. Bring it, bring it. Hey, so you you got you said y'all recently moved. So where are you guys living now? We're in Tennessee now. Where, like what area? We Tennessee. Moved, okay. Yeah, we moved to Franklin, Tennessee, about dude eight months ago. Franklin's awesome. Me and Crystal went there in 2018, and uh, man, just hung out. We've seen Luke Combs at the Grand Ole Opry, and we kind of we stayed in cool springs just outside like not far from franklin yeah but we went to franklin a couple times we actually ran into jay cutler at the frothy monkey oh no way one morning no way yeah i took yeah she took a picture with him uh you know he's he's not the most personable guy but you know i know how he, it is what it is and so yeah it was cool to it was cool to meet him you know uh you know but we went there because that was she wanted to go to Kristen cavalier's uncommon james you yeah, know that is no, it's dude, all the, I get it. but but frank 
Franklin was awesome. We ate there like the Cork and the Cow or something. One of those restaurants yeah. there. Yeah. We ate, we ate there one night. Uh, it was for our anniversary trip. We just went, partied and ate and shopped, you know, for four days. And, uh, but yeah, man, Nashville's like, we're, we're down in Texas by Houston. So okay. No we're, way. We're just South Houston, Texas. Yeah. So we're central time zone as you guys, as you. So, okay. We're, uh, I'm a Louisiana boy. We've been in Texas for about seven years, me and my wife. So, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's been good. We, we love it down here. What initiated the move? So, my wife's twin. Uh, my wife has a twin sister, and then the younger sister. She's the one that had the quintuplets that we have the show based around their family that had all the kids, the girls. Yeah. And so uh, they were living here. Me and my two brother in laws. We worked together at the time, but I handled everything in Louisiana for our company. And then, uh, our company got bought out and then the CEO wanted me to move to Texas. So, which was perfect because that was like right around the time the Quints were born, we were starting a TV show already. Everything was kind of going. So we moved right over and, uh, we, we've been coming here for 10 years prior. So it was like, man, we, we moved here. I already had a gym. I had friends. I had all kinds of stuff established where it was like, it was such an easy move. Yeah. That's amazing. Dude. So, uh, and then we've we've been plugged in, met a bunch of people. Like I said, me and Vaughn met about probably three years ago. And uh, like I said, man, it's just it's been good, dude. We like I said, we're all a bunch of we're a bunch of families that have kids around the same age, so we just all hang out and do dinner together and cook out and just hang out, man. It's been good. That's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah. How'd you how'd you and Vaughn meet? Man, it's 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 a long short story. Uh, so old. So they had moved into a to their neighborhood, um, and a friend of mine who was who became their neighbors kind of started hanging out. And you know, I I at the time, you know, the Out Daughter show was on. Well, I I didn't really watch it because I'm not a big TV guy. I never have been. And they're like, "Man, you gotta meet Dale. This guy, y'all are like exactly like." Well, <laughs> I've been told that. I've been told that my whole life, like that's I'm I'm like somebody. I got to meet them, and you know, really, you uh, you you just it doesn't it correlate to me. Um, so uh, they they had like a blind date. We literally had a blind date. Yeah, we set us. They set us up, and they set us up. It was like I love you, man. They set us up together, and then I'm sitting across from him. He's looking at me. I'm looking at him, and we're like, "Holy shit, dude!" My mom. Hey. I'll send, I'll send a picture like on our like on our our uh, on our podcast Instagram. There's some pictures of me and him, and my mom's like, "Dude, that's just freaky looking at us side by side," you know. And then my dad swears he never slept with his mom, stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom, my mom hasn't confirmed nor denied. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> my my uh, parents are divorced, so my dad's my dad has questions. Make sure your kids <laughs> I mean, don't date, bro. We don't need that. Dude, I, <laughs> know. We're good. I know. We, we have to. We well, so that's a good thing in the state of Texas. They can be first cousins. It'll be fine. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we did we did have an episode where we did a DNA test, and then uh, we had Jerry Springer read off the results. Oh, so it was pretty Lord. fun. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god, dude. Yeah. So, so hey, I mean, like I said, we. We met from there and we decided, you know, we just, we became really good friends. We do, we took vacations together last year with our wives. Our wives are best friends. They're the ones at the Lizzo concert, uh, went to Puerto Rico last year. We do stuff together all the time. And then, uh, we kind of, I kind of came up with this idea of like wanting to do a podcast and he's like, man, let's do it. And then we had a little backstory with us and it just kind of worked, man. And so that's just kind of how it came about. And, uh, been fun man it's just like i said it's like like you said you did y'all did one did, the process is fun and you know it's it, it's it is some work you put some hours into it to make yeah. it right uh and so that's what we're doing now we're still finding it man we're just trying to find our way as of right now you guys at, with the with the uh, red songbird foundation you had your niche because it was about sobriety and mental health and helping people and stories yeah. you know so for us we're trying to find what that is for us, it's like meeting and talking to cool people from all walks of life, uh, and then just kind of finding whatever you know, some kind of some kind of common ground. And like you know, we're we're damn near the same age, yeah. And uh, so it's cool to get you on here to talk with us, you know, for sure. No, dude, it's, it's, this is great. It's a great conversation, and and uh, you guys together, you know, two peas in a pod, brother. You guys are, you guys are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we had uh, somebody. We had an episode that came out yesterday, and one of my wife's friends just ran is a random friend, 
texted her and said, Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while, but I just I found out about, you know, Vaughn and Dale's podcast. And she goes, do you find it eerie that they even sound the same? <laughs> I was like, I was like wow. uh, Oh my God, dude. Random. What's next? Hey, so real quick. What's so, next? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Hey, so real quick, the, the, I know, I know you accredit a lot of your, uh, sobriety to the, the Dr. Drew stuff you did, the, the celebrity rehab. So what was that process like, man? Was that, was that well, pretty so wild actually, to be? It was, it was a trip. I actually went into celebrity rehab sober. Um, and okay, I actually went on that show initially, uh, to change the public's negative perception of what was portrayed. And I was like, Hey, this is going to be an opportunity for me to be able to go back on kind of like, you know, it's, it's a real reality show. I mean, if there's cameras like in every corner, you only can be as stupid as you act. And so going and sober yep. and, and having some of the other castmates that I did at the time that were literally detoxing off of many years of, of heavy benzos, heroin. It was like, it was like being on it. It was like, even though I was on the show, I was like watching a TV show in the background. Cause I was kind of like the background problem oh, cause I was, I didn't have a bunch of stuff going on, but it allotted me the opportunity to, to really develop a relationship with Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest. And, um, you know, cause at that point it was, I didn't even know if I was going to stay sober or not, but it was like kind of just more of a, a mental check thing where I was like, I knew I struggled. I knew I needed help. And it was kind of like, I was hoping to sustain sobriety, but that really was kind of the kicking point of, of where I surrendered. And I took that direction I talked about earlier in the, in the podcast. And, um, you know, that's where I, I ended up getting like my first real job after all the years of doing the entertainment stuff and kind of came out and, and drew really gave me that incentivization and motivation to, you know, uh, to find purpose and find passion. And, um, I did that, you know, and I think one of the biggest contributing factors at a young age is because I was very fortunate growing up as long as I played baseball and that was what I was wanting to do my whole life. And alcohol took all that stuff away. And that's, that's a whole separate story. But, um, once I was able to, um, I I lost my train of thought, so I apologize, but, um, what was I saying? Baseball, all that stuff with Drew. Uh, yeah. Yeah. New job. But anyway, yeah, yeah, you, new, but yeah, thank yeah. you. So <laughs> yes, that's what it was. Thank you. The job. So going back to the job, as long as, you know, and, and so I never really had that experience of having that accountability or going, you know, having a boss. I mean, at a young age, it was kind of like picked up by a town car. You go shoot, you go to the, you go do appearances, you travel the world and live in the yeah. dream uh, and really lost sight of, of anything that was really real. And so a big contributing factor to my sobriety was even just getting a job and having, you know, somebody to be accountable to and to show up and have a purpose. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a really good experience. That's where July 23rd, 2010 is where my, my, my true endeavor into recovery started. The next day was my birthday. There you go. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, one thing I know, I did it for you, Vaughn. I know you did. I know, I know. Jason, Jason's the man of people. <laughs> but, uh, yes. you know, one thing I, you, you touched one thing you touched upon, um, which is a good, kind of a good subject too, is, you know, talking about baseball, like, you know, baseball players, they stop playing baseball and they teach, right? So they'll go back, they'll coach, they'll, they'll, they'll show things. I, I feel that alcoholism or, you know, addiction is, is kind of the same thing. They live the life, then they get out of it and then they go back and teach. And I think, you know, ultimately what it sounds like is that's exactly what you're doing. Um, and you've been doing this, you know, a long time. And I know that for myself, I do get people that ask me questions. How do you do it? And, you know, I enjoy telling the story. It does not get old. I, I don't, you know, I don't compare myself. I don't judge people. I, you know, I, I, it's a gratifying feeling to be on the other side of that. And I think that's, you know, it, it's, it's a testament to hard work. I mean, it really is going from that's addiction to sobriety. And that's a great analogy though, utilizing that from that baseball component. Cause this is the last thing in the world I ever thought I'd be doing. You know, I mean, you asked me about high school. It was like, yeah, I didn't think I was going to be an advocate for, for, substance abuse you know i mean it was like that was that was my identity i mean gray goose was my best friend you know i mean i wasn't gonna go any other which way but it is a very freeing thing man not to be in bondage of uh, of a mood altering substance is uh it's it's a a good place to be yeah i can imagine it's a like i said man I, i thank god i haven't had to go through that 
But, uh, you know, it's cool hearing y'all's stories because, you know, like I said, I've seen it, been through it uh, very close. And uh, I couldn't imagine, you know, like I said. So for you guys, I mean, it's it's cool to, one, that you've done that. So now, like, I mean, I guess what, now you're doing, like, speaking engagements and you're doing things like that. Uh, that's what you're mainly doing now, kind of like I mean, I do, I, you're advocating. Yeah, and, I'll leverage just, like I said, you know, grateful for the, you know, the, the platform that we do have and to be able to raise awareness and, and, and share and talk on that. But a lot of the stuff that I do is in that philanthropic side, giving back and then, um, you know, also work with a company called a list, which is the first ever Jayco accredited um, at home treatment provider, where we actually bring treatment to individuals in the comfort of their home. And so we'll work with a lot of like entertainers, a lot of people, C-level executives and athletes that don't want to go into a brick and mortar for anonymity purposes or, uh, denial purposes that they can't, you know, they, they're a CEO yeah. that doesn't want to leave their position in a job. And, um, it's been, it's cool. It's just another, another avenue, another tool for people to get help. And, but yeah, I mean, my whole life is immersed in, um, in the recovery place and then, and mental health. And that's kind yeah. of my, my big, my big, uh, it's my passion. Well, I've seen you sharing that. So the A, this is like a, like, I guess when I read it's like a concierge service yeah. for for rehab i mean i guess it's a like i said you go to them i guess it's more discreet uh than them checking into a cedar sinai whatever them, i know yeah, you hear about yeah, those yeah. all the time you know because that's always a big one that you know celebrity x uh checked themselves into cedar sinai that was always a big one that you always heard on the on the you know tmz or stuff like that yeah, so. yeah no i mean they they go to you know they go to all these there's and again there's a lot of great programs out there but it was something that was a differentiator and again as as, as we've evolved times evolved uh treatment modalities have evolved evolved and um it's just a really unique service it's not for all people but you know for us it's it's amazing to be able to get a perspective what you can't get in a brick and mortar is the full dynamic of the dichotomy within the household the family relationship the kids you know whether it's yeah community yeah and you can see what's really happening behind the curtain and having a whole treatment team there to be able to provide services and create an adequate plan because look treatment's great and it works when you're there because there's high structure low stress but when you come out there's no structure and, and high stress it's the opposite and that's why there's so much recidivism and so many people fall is because they, they're in this, they're in a bubble and then they come out, the rubber hits the road. And it's really, what are these people doing when they transition out? You know, as are they, as they're reacclimating back into their natural stressors being life, how are they be, being able to, to bring it back and process what's really happening? Um, you know, coming back into the real world. And that's where this was, we feel like was a missing link where you're able to actually build that whole process in their, their real life. Um, and, uh, it's yeah. been really incredible. It's been a cool process to see, and, and it's been very beneficial for a lot of people we've worked with. And if for if for it to be Jayco accredited, that's I mean that's not easy to do. I, I was first, in it's health the, administration. One, it's the one. It's the only, top. There's no. I mean, there, the yeah, there's really. I, mean, there's I didn't know what no that is. Other, so Jayco accreditation is like the same accreditation that Mount Sinai, you know, John Hopkins. It's all the, it's hospital accreditation, and a lot of facilities, yeah. brick and mortars, have them. Um, and they're required to for billing purposes and for insurance and stuff. But, um, for us, uh, it, not having a brick and mortar, it made it very challenging. So we're the first concierge at home treatment provider that is Jayco accredited. Okay. I thought you said J. Cole, the rapper. I was curious. Uh, J. Cole. J. Cole's. J. Cole's. <laughs> J. Cole can be a patient though. Uh, no, man, that's, that's awesome. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I learned something new today too. So I'm always yeah, learning. That yeah. is awesome. Uh, but yeah, so, so what's, I mean, I guess, Hey, before we get off here, what's, what's next for you and your wife, man, you and Ashley, what's the, what's the next thing in the work? You're writing a book. Are you doing anything, anything cool coming up? It's funny you say that, you know, um, it would be interesting to do a book, man. Um, I've been asked to do one for a while just because there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that, um, and I'm pretty open, but there's a lot of stuff that's, that's happened and transpired that. Uh, would be interesting to talk about, but no, I'm, you know, I'm supporting Ashley in a lot of the endeavors that she's doing. She's been thriving in the the hair industry and, you know, she has her own line that has come out now, an accessory line and she wants to turn it into a product line. So I'm trying to be as supportive as oh, I nice. can when it comes to that. And then, you know, spending as much time with the kids, we, we're, we're thinking about having another one. Um, and there's some, oh, there's man. some opportunities that have come up in the entertainment side of stuff in, in regards to the mental health and addiction stuff. But We'll see how it goes, you know, more okay. to be revealed. It's got to be, it's got to be the right, it's got to, it's got to align right. And it's got to uh, be aligned with what our mission is. And, um, but yeah, I mean, right now we're kind of in cruise control, um, which again is, yeah. is 
busy, very busy, but it's it's also there's uh, consistent consistency and stability right now. Well, I'm sure our wives know what your wife's up to so she they follow her stuff so i'm sure they i'm sure they're familiar with her uh what she's got going on <laughs> right uh but yep it's, yeah, it's crazy to this day and age it's nuts i mean because you, you kind of like you do get an inside it's, look to to people's lives yeah right? everything hey yeah. I'll, I'll run by people i'll be in like you know i we're out and about. Dude, I talk to everybody. I'm not shy to talk to anybody, and I, I love people to come up and you know want to take a picture or whatever because it's just you know like it's the same as you. I don't feel like I've we haven't done anything special. Dude. I'm just an uncle to a bunch of kids, and I just yeah. I talk to them like adults, and people think it's funny. You know that's what I do. Yeah. And uh, but I'll go to H E B. I'll go to H E B. And like people like, hey Dale, and they're like, I'm sorry, I don't know you, but I just know your life. You know, it's just it's funny because yeah. they know your life, like you, and they your life has been portrayed for a lot longer than ours and uh so people just feel like they feel like they know you they want to come give you a hug or something you're like you need a little boundaries you know <laughs> what dale fails to mention is what dale fails to mention is he goes to heb with nothing to buy he just wants those, oh, no, those I, interactions i have a shirt that says i'm uncle dale <laughs> tell me how <laughs> how may i help you dude yeah, so good. yeah do you know uh, who i am so oh yeah hey yeah, hey, uh, hey, the first thing you got to do, Jason, is love yeah. yourself, and I love myself. So yeah, yeah, that is very true, bro. He's Get not, down to HB, he, uh, H, he, HB. What is H? H what? HEB. HEB. Yeah, so it's just a grocery go to, store. Go to HEB after this and go get yourself some love after this, my friend. Uh, dude, <laughs> hey, absolutely, I love it, man. It's good for me, ego, man. I, I enjoy it. I want to tell you the That's other day, right, ego my, was my, the my, pain that deadens the soul. <laughs> yeah, dude. My brother used to, when the Laguna was out, he would always be like, dude, let's go downtown. I'm like, no, bro. Let's go downtown. Like, not happening. Oh, man. God. No, dude, man, we, we, we appreciate, man. Like I said, uh, I know we talked about this for a while, trying to get this lined up. So we, we do appreciate you uh, carving out some time for us and coming on here, man. And we, oh, it's, uh, it's been a good time, man. Good, good conversation, dude. We, I feel like we know you, man. Like, like I said, you're just a normal dude. Like we are we're just – Normal dude trying to make it, you know, that's all it is with, with kids. Yeah. Yeah, bro. No, this was great. It was nice meeting both of you. You know, we'll be in touch for sure. And let me know when this thing comes out. And, you know, it's, uh, Absolutely. yeah, this, this will be out in a couple weeks. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a text. I'll let you, I'll message you on here. Uh, I got one last thing to ask you. You knew you weren't going to get away uh, with this. I knew this was coming. <laughs> Celebrity rap superstar. <laughs> Dude, oh, I watched all right, that. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh, hey, I remember no, that. Dude. I remember that, and I was like, "Man, what was he on?" And so I googled it, and then uh, only video you can find is a very shot out video. Somebody shot on a razor. I guess that's how long ago it was. But dude, you, yeah. I could hear you still rapping Chameleon there. Hey, we're in Houston, so Chameleon there's a Houston guy. So uh, like maybe they can tra- sign you to Switch a House. <laughs> God, dude, that was, that, was, that was the peak of the addiction, bro. After having to sit there, that was where you drink yourself to death, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, even, man. Dude, I, I, that was my last question I wrote down. I was like, okay, I'm not. Yeah, yeah they warranty yeah. too short. And like method, man. It was like with all the people that you hey, growing up with. Hey, you go and do this. I, I don't know what I was thinking. You couldn't. The, the bad thing was that video on YouTube. It was so grainy and like shot bad. But one thing you could see was you. Stand up there making noise. I guess I was rapping, and then the one of the judges. I couldn't tell. Just had their head in their hands, shaking their head. <laughs> That's only oh, that was Run DMC, bro. He was like, "What are okay. you doing?" You know, just, uh, I'm like, bro, I'm freaking. I, I, I wish I could tell you. It was oh, brutal, dude. Yeah, it was, I, it was I had to lose it. I had to ask about that. So that's. Uh, I thought that would no, be funny was, to end with. <laughs> it was cool to. Do, it was cool that I worked with Kevin Hart and some of the other people that were on there. Dude, no, was, no uh, kidding. Yeah, that was a what a trip. I mean, it, all all different types of experiences over the years, man. It's been a it's yeah. been a wild ride. Yeah, dude, I think we need to go back on a debut and see if you you know go back to it, dude. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna close the show out with the Chameleonaire song. You're gonna uh, freestyle over it, of course. Dude. I'll be seeing you down at HEB, bro. I'll be, I'll be putting hey, we're <laughs> we're going we're going right after this. I need to get some hugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. After that one, I do too. <laughs> I'll go on Instagram live. Oh man, that's hilarious, man. So. uh 
But yeah, hey, Jason, man, great meeting you, dude. Uh, we appreciate it. Your story is a cool story, man. I, it's more one of those things, I, you know, we're not the first to talk to you at all, but I hope we have some good conversation with you. I know we did on our end. We appreciate you, and uh, it was fun, man. Yeah, 100%. And I, you know, any, I would for sure say, you know, if there's ever any conventions or anything, you know, we would love to support you and uh, go and be a part of that as well. Um, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I, I thoroughly enjoy the, 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 what you're doing for the community, for the people, just saying it real. And, you know, it's something that I think is never going to stop. So I appreciate, I appreciate yeah, if you, that. If you guys ever come down to Texas, man, hit us. If you ever, you ever come down to Texas, y'all hit us up, uh, and we'll do the same. We come to Nashville. We're, I know my wife's been wanting to make another trip back to Nashville, so if we do, I'll hit you up. But, yeah, man, if, if something if y'all make it this way, let us know. Oh, for sure. We'll stay in touch, and, and I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, dude, there's there'll definitely be some things uh, up ahead that we can do together for sure. Awesome. Yep. Cool. Well, Jason, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining the Dale Not Dale podcast, dude. All right, boys. Have a good evening, man. Take care, you guys. Right. Later, right. bro. Take care.